Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Amen. So at this time, I'd like to introduce Pastor Kobe Ferguson. Would you welcome him? Hey, hey wonderful so to be here. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for being here and joining us today. And uh, we've got a couple of waters. Should you need something to drink? Um, you know, I was looking back, and, and it's been two years since you guys were here. And uh, nothing's changed in the world today, you know, from two years ago, right? Yeah, we were slated to come even before, but um, it's a little pesky pandemic uh, kept us from coming earlier and yeah so we have the end of a pandemic and probably about 10,000 missiles have hit, hit Israel oh, since wow. then and you wow. know a lot of interesting changes here in the states but the Lord is on the throne I love the scripture and Daniel says heaven rules amen so I know that we would love to see that trickle into our governments <laughs> all over the world and yes for but sure. you know it, it should give us solace and peace and we should sleep resting without worry at night that in our lives our families our governments our cities our churches heaven's in control amen it doesn't feel like that sometimes especially when we're having to run to bomb shelters and i'm like okay the lord's in control of this and he's got a, a people around the world praying and supporting what we're doing. I did want to show a video. Okay. If you want to go if we can do that real quick. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and sure. see a little bit about what we're doing in ministry here in the land, uh, there in the land, sorry. Okay. And uh, see what you've been doing in the land. And, and you mentioned boots on the ground. You need to realize not the uh, they don't have the opportunity to come all these 40,000 pastors and others that you're supporting but we're here so look at us as an instance or an example of what some of those other people are doing uh, not of not all of them can come and show you some of the proof so to speak of what's happening but I told Pastor Mark yesterday I kind of want this to be almost like a spiritual shareholders meeting do you understand what I mean? I'm yeah. coming off the field to show you what your investment in yeah. ministry in the kingdom looks like. The best that I can with video and technology, and it's more than that. But think about this as being just one instance in all the different nations that you support. One instance of all of what's happening in Israel, and it's happening through you guys. So we'll talk more about that, but I want to okay. show you a few things. And my wife can't join us today, so this is a good way for you to hear from her. All right. 45 years ago, two people sat down in the living room just north of Tel Aviv with a dream and a vision. They knew the Bible had promised Israel would be restored to her land, and they were watching it happen before their eyes. But the promises of God don't happen in a vacuum. When Joshua first brought Israel into the land, and when they returned centuries later in the days of Nehemiah, there was work that needed to be done. Ma'oz Israel was born for just that purpose. In that living room, north of Tel Aviv, Ari and Shira Sorkaram recognized that if Israel was returning to her land, the next promise 
is right around the corner. The promise to restore Israel to her God and make Israel and her cities a praise among the nations. But again, God's promises don't happen in a vacuum. So the question was, who would be there to build the infrastructure for the growing body of believers to aid thousands of Jewish families as they upended their lives and moved to Israel, to plant congregations and nourish a community for believers to strengthen each other, to train and raise up Hebrew songwriters, musicians, and worship leaders, to provide printed resources for teaching and discipleship, and to inform the world about it as it all happens. These questions became the basis of the mission Maos Israel set for itself as it set out to pioneer what is today a young but thriving body of Israeli believers. Now, 45 years later, my husband Kobe and I have picked up the mantle of the vision. Today we have a staff of more than a dozen Israelis. We work with 90 congregations across the country, both Jewish and Arab, and have Ma'oz branches all over the world. Together, the Ma'oz Israel team is dedicated to building a strong body of believers in Israel and giving Christians both an insider view into the lives of Israelis and the opportunity to impact those lives in a way that will matter a generation from now. that is so awesome uh, I, I love what you guys are doing over there and uh, we we had a chance uh, I think most of you know Pastor Christine had the opportunity to go to Israel back in February and it was just a wonderful time and we we, we were able to spend some time with you guys we went to their studio and worshiped and uh, and it was it was just awesome but Bef before I go any further uh, um, you were, I think you were telling me that Elite uh, had never led worship at a church before. She leads at some prayer things, or maybe I misunderstood that. But didn't she do a wonderful job? Well, it just, yes. Maybe, maybe yeah. on, on the, with the keyboard. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, but she's not led very many times here in, in the States, right? Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah, mostly in Hebrew in Israel. So I, I loved it when you started singing in Hebrew. <laughs> I loved how she was able to sing which is I will exalt you and you guys picked up on it and just continued to sing it in English so that was, yeah, it was well, powerful, that so. was really wonderful and, and it's hard to lead worship with just vocals and one instrument we're so accustomed to all the background tracks and you know 28 guitars and you know all the different stuff so uh, but you really did a great job uh, can, can you speak to, uh, instead of saying Jesus, many times she was saying Yeshua, and can you maybe touch on that just briefly? Yeah, we were, we were talking about that earlier. She said, I just, I, I can't sing the, even the meter and the, and the rhythm. She's so used to singing Yeshua oh, always. Uh -huh. And so uh, our kids grew up um, speaking Hebrew. All of my children, I have five children. Um, three of my daughters are here. And I, have two, and I yeah. Would you like to introduce them real quick? Uh, where's so you've met Elite? Where's Nevaeh? Um, you're there, Nevaeh and Lahav is back, womaning the booth. Hey, 
So if you need anything, talk to her. She's an expert. She's grown up helping us uh, get our resources and materials. But uh, so three daughters, my two sons are in a Christian camp near Dallas. So the little wild Israelis are ha having fun <laughs> and uh, doing all kinds of stuff that they don't get a chance to do in Israel. Israel's much smaller. Sometimes there's not a lot of opportunities, especially for believers. We, you know, less than 1% of the population are believers. So more than 99% of the entire population are not saved. And so the things that we do are usually much smaller and the, the opportunities for believers, especially kids, yeah. is much fewer. So it's wonderful to be here for a few weeks and just kind of getting refreshed, being uh, off the field, so to speak. Now, uh, my family, besides my wife likes to say she imported me, that <laughs> everyone else was born and raised in the land. And I've been there for about 25 years. So I've spent more time in the land of Israel than anywhere else in my life. So, Well, I, I think I kind of threw you off track here and interrupted, but uh, you were talking about Yeshua, about... Uh, so the name Yeshua is salvation, and so we use his name um, in Hebrew. That's what his mother would have called him, you know. His mother's name was Miriam. Uh, it's funny, I was in Brazil, and they said, what do you mean? It's not Mary? I said, Maria? I said, no, Miriam, like the mother, uh, like the sister of Moses, the same name. Okay. It's a Jewish name. And um, just because we got into the New Testament didn't mean everyone stopped being Jewish. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So Yeshua means salvation. It's a very, very powerful word. And so if you can think about it, we're calling him salvation every time we say that word, Yeshua. Mm. That's literally wow. what his name means. There or are Yahweh saves. It's both noun and verb. Always, yeah. I, I, uh, we talked a little bit about this last night, but we are so ignorant and so uh, uninformed, I guess, of the culture, the Israeli culture, the, the Hebrew culture, and, and some of the nuances, like in Scripture, you guys pick up on stuff that we're just oblivious to because of, you know, all of those nuances and, and tying that into the Old Testament and, and seeing it fulfill, fulfilled in the, in the New Testament. And, uh, yeah, we, um, I like to encourage people, don't think that we have some kind of esoteric or secret uh, version of the Bible just because we understand Hebrew. The translations you have are excellent. I mean, these are people that were brilliant translators, and they, you know, people, people spent many, many hours poring over very, very fine Bible translators. But there are some nuances. Yeah. Uh, it's not a matter of huge issues of faith. Or, or anything like that. It's not going to change your relationship with the Lord per se, but just maybe a little bit of insight. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, and this is um, kind of a twofold thing, we're helping plant a congregation. We can talk about that maybe later, but um, it's the fastest growing, youngest congregation in Israel, which is really exciting. Uh, but the name of the congregation is Bereshit, which is um, in, he in English, the first word of the the first um, book of the Bible, Genesis. So in Hebrew, it's Bereshit. Be careful how you say it. Bereshit, okay? Now, it's very interesting. This is also the first word of the entire Bible in Hebrew. Bereshit bara et olam. So the Lord created the heavens and the earth. So it does mean in the beginning, but it's interesting, this word Bereshit, it comes from two words, that when you spell them out, the first two letters of the entire Bible are Beit Resh, which is Bar, 
So you've heard of bar mitzvah. Yeah. So bar is the Hebrew or Aramaic word for son. Okay, so bar eshit, bereshit, the very first words of the Bible means a son is given. Ha. Huh. So wow. bar, the very first two letters of the Hebrew Bible are the words for son. Huh. Wow, interesting. I think the Lord is trying to say something to the Jewish people. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> the son. It also means it also means in the beginning, but it also means a son will be how you say it, like to will be brought forth. A son will be brought forth. So somehow they missed it. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's why know. we're there, and yeah. that's why you have, are working with us, partnering with us there to share things like this. And I've shared things like this with even Orthodox, and they just can't. They're like, what? Really? And some of them have just been dumbfounded. And so I'm going to go check into that. Huh. Like, this is fascinating. Just simple little things, and there's lots of little breadcrumbs, so to speak, that the Lord has placed throughout the scriptures that tell about Yeshua throughout the entire Hebrew scriptures. Wow. His name is very evident. His, the name Yeshua being salvation, and we call him Yeshua. They, why do you call him Yeshua? Because they call him Yeshu. They changed his name hundreds of years later huh. in the Orthodox community. They refused to call him Yeshua because they knew that would make people think he's the Savior. Mm. So they call, this, they call him Yeshu. If you look in the Hebrew dictionary for Jesus, like an like a English Hebrew dictionary, you look up Jesus, on the other side it says, right kids, Yeshu. Hmm. Yeshu. It doesn't say Yeshua, because if you add the last letters, that means salvation. Wow. So we've got some diabolical things that have happened throughout the centuries with the Jewish people to blind their eyes. It's yeah. not just been, yes, it's been their fault for not receiving him, Christians did a lot of evil in the name of Jesus, and also the enemy has blinded them in some pretty clever ways. Yeah. Well, we're thankful that we have been grafted in as Gentiles, non-Jews, and that uh, we have received him, you know, because it really is a spiritual thing. And uh, Jesus had a lot of issues with the religious leaders when he was here, yeah. and I guess that's still carrying on today. Yeah, the Orthodox, we, we talked a lot about this last night for dinner. I don't want to over-stereotype. Uh, you have a, a, a percentage of the population, maybe between 10 and 20%, that are radical, ultra-Orthodox. And I liken, I liken it to almost like being in a cult, mm -hmm. that the people are controlled completely by the rabbis. Most of the men don't go to work. They are in a 100% welfare state the entire group of people. They don't go to normal schools like you would think. Now there's a, an, another large percentage that is not as religious and they're more contributing to society. They actually serve in the army. But that ultra-Orthodox group, which has got to be a million, two million almost, they don't, they don't serve in the army. They don't pay taxes. And they're a real drain to society in the eyes of most Israelis. So what it, the, the nation of Israel is really polarized because of these modern-day Pharisees is really what they are. Yeah. And we, while we were here, we got, where were we? We were traveling here, actually, I think, from Dallas to this area. And people were sending us videos of a, of a national worship conference in Jerusalem just being ransacked and 
taken over by violent Orthodox Jews who were beating people and pushing people and hitting people, trying to go to just worship in, in one of our worship venues that we all do. So um, our, we were all like, ah, we wanted to be there for that. You yeah. know, so <laughs> that sounds like, are you crazy? You wanted to be there for that? Yeah. But yeah, we want to show, the body loves to show support for one another in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not scared of the Orthodox. Um, they can't really do anything to us. And we have a real, um, real kind of stick stick togetherness there in our body because we are such a small number um we i often say regarding the orthodox people ask this question a lot i say we love them but they hate us so it's a real difficult situation but we love them we want to see them saved i'm excited we've seen a young orthodox girl saved in our congregation and her heart just bleeds for her people But she says, you know, I come home and my parents beat me because I'm a believer and we're trying to get her out of her home. And she said they just constantly persecute her and, and, you know, they think they're doing that all in the name of God, which is, which is the hard thing. So, well, when, when your in-laws began this ministry, uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about how the ministry's grown? Because it was, from what I understand, it was a handful of people. And, uh, you know, in, in, in Western churches, you see, like, uh, maybe in large churches, hundreds of people come to the altar and get saved in a, in a meeting or something like that. And it's very different in, in Israel. Um, yeah, we, so my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, my mother-in-law first came in the 1950s, and so a lot's happened since then. Sure. She came before uh, Jerusalem was even the hands of the, of, of the Jewish people, and then she came and moved permanently in 1967. She came as a journalist trying to um, really convey to people in the West what was happening after the Six-Day War, and then she just wound up staying hmm. and said, I want to see how many Jewish believers in Jesus there are in this country. And she went around, and my father-in-law joined a little bit uh, afterwards, and they said that you could probably count on two hands or less the number of believers in the land. Wow. And we're talking about Messianic or Israeli, which would just be citizens in Israel, born and raised there, or immigrated. Like, they, they were both Jewish believers in Jesus, and they immigrated from the States. And found just a handful, two handfuls, maybe. And so they really felt like God spoke to them, as the, I think the video showed really well. We've, what do we need to do to create a believing society? They really heard from God about creating a movement. There was nothing really organized. Mm-hmm. There were a few groups, there were a few people um, meeting together, not very many, and they started saying, look, we've got to do a lot of things in Hebrew. That's the national language. And a lot of Israelis have told me over the years, hey, thanks for doing the things you do because I thought I would have to learn English or some other language because there were no resources or materials. Um, there was n- when they first started the first Hebrew-speaking congregation in Tel Aviv in the early 70s, there was not one worship song that you could worship the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, in Hebrew. Hmm. There was nothing. There, was no, there were no worship songs in Hebrew. There were a few traditional songs, um, but it's, it'd be like you guys only have Christmas hymns, like that, and that's it. 
there's nothing else. So there were a few, like, we call them, uh, like, holiday songs, right, about God and the miracles yeah. he's done. But, you know, you can't, that gets old. Yeah. You know, singing Hava Nagila over and over again. It's like, okay, is there anything else, you know? And so they, they raised some funds and hired uh, the first worship leader to write songs in Hebrew. That was what he did full time. And, and then now we're carrying on in building on the foundations that God had given them. And as they passed the torch of leadership onto us a few years ago, my wife and I are just continuing because we've had the same vision the whole time. We might do things a little bit differently. But now we've gone from no worship songs to we're releasing a new Hebrew worship song every other week. Wow. And getting it. And we actually just signed a a, a collaborative deal with Integrity Music, who's helping us release this just as a favor to us. And so things are growing and things are advancing at a much faster rate than I would have ever thought in certain areas in terms of planting congregations, in terms of our, we've translated over 200 books now into Hebrew. And so all of these different areas are growing and growing, growing. We've been able to give out over $8 million of support to the needy. And these are people that uh, we love to help people in a way that will matter and impact a generation from now. Yeah. So if, if somebody comes up and says, look, I need some equipment for a job, I, I need um, to finish my degree, I need to get some uh, medical procedure that's not covered by insurance. So we try to help people in a way that's going to impact their family and even go forward. And not just, we help the, the, the impoverished, they're always with us, as Lord told us. Mm-hmm. But we, and we do help, but we, we want to help beyond that. We want to help people in a way that's going to help them get a leg up, so to speak. Yeah. And so that's uh, just some of what is happening. And when this congregation, I, and I just want to, can I brag on you guys for a minute? You didn't ask me to do this, but I want to. Um, and, I, and it was good that you said this is not a fundraising uh, tactic or something. You guys are already giving to us. And I just want to encourage you to, to understand, you, there are congregations, I won't mention the names, you would know them if I mentioned the names, that are much, much, much larger. And they're not even given 1000 a month, or maybe they give about that or something. But you have to realize, and they have the ability to do, so, so it's almost like the widow's might, so to speak. Yeah. You know, you guys are giving out of um, a much more challenging situation, and I just really feel a holiness to that, and a and a special a specialness to it. It's you are committing to do something that is a challenge, and and it is a sacrifice. And I just want to encourage those here to know what that helps. I can I can produce and release and and and, and at least two songs a month with your guys' support. I can help four or five families who have emergency needs uh, that might not be able to pay their bills or feed their families that month because of your guys' support alone. Mm. We're able to do so much with the monthly support that comes in from Life Fellowship. And it's, it kind of it makes sense to me because Israel's small. And when we see one, two, when I go back, we're about to immerse. We, that's what we call baptisms there. We immerse people. We're going to immerse a handful of new believers. And people say, oh, that's great. I say, you don't understand. When we see five, ten new believers come in Israel, 
where two to maybe one to two tenths of a percent of the population are believers, it's like seeing a megachurch started. That's what, that's what it feels like for us. And so for you all, you know, you don't have a massive, massive numbers yet. Let's just believe God's doing something big in this. We're starting to believe for worship leaders and for the building to come through. And there's a lot of things we're going to be praying and believing for you guys. But on your way there, you're not waiting. A lot of people do that. Hey, let's wait until we get this established. Let's wait till we get 1,000, 2,000 people in the congregation. Then we can really help missions. No. And God will reward each and every one of you who's involved in this. And I just want to encourage you and commend you all because you truly are making an impact uh, through this monthly commitment that goes well beyond myself. I'm just representing our team in Israel and the impact that our team is making. Well, thank you for that. And I, I, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the opportunity to do this and uh, for, you know, placing on our hearts to do this. And I was telling somebody recently, I think even the good things we do, because, you know, we're all sinners. We're all born in sin, conceived in sin. Hopefully we don't stay there, right? But, you know, even when the Holy Spirit directs us to do stuff, uh, like when we gave the 5000 to TFI, that was not something that, you know, I just came up with because I'm such a wonderful person. But it's the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us. And I'm, I'm so thankful for you guys and what y'all are doing in investing in the lives. I know it's, it's a sacrifice, uh, but you guys are intent, uh, having your face like flint toward doing the work of God. And we're, we're honored that we get to partner with ministries like you guys. And, and you're doing such a great, great work there, impacting Thank you. lives. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and <clears throat> any of you who pray and keep people in prayer, please pray for us, too. I mean, you will meet our children, and they're amazing. But it's hard being a believer in Israel, and I, can, I, I don't even know what they've gone through. Yeah. Very few people your age, uh, very few. You know, kids want friends, and there's not a whole lot. There are more than there used to be, uh, but... You know, it's challenging, especially being a, a teenager, you know, trying, like you said, to, to hold the line. You know, our kids are, are, are really strong in their faith. They're very adamant about not swaying to peer pressure and things like that. Uh, but it's not easy. And so uh, we're, you know, facing all kinds of persecution. They're, they're trying to, the Orthodox right now are trying to pass a bill that would outlaw all sharing of the gospel. That's literally what the bill says. And so I've just told our kids, well, come visit me in jail. And they said, well, we'll be in jail too. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. we're, um, we're facing a lot of a new wave of persecution in the land that is uh, intensifying. Well, you know, we kind of chuckle at that, but the reality is that could happen. That, and, and, you know, that's something... Well, Next time you visit me, you might be visiting me in another smaller place. Well, I, I pray not. I pray. Hopefully not. Pray, yeah. guys. We, uh, we meet. There's a group of us. Really, I encourage all of our congregation to pray every Wednesday from 10 to 11. And there's a group of us that meet at the property. And all of you are welcome anytime, Wednesday, 10 to 11, at the property. And one of the things we typically pray for is, is Israel and uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying for Jesus' revival to happen. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, 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 man, I'm just, I'm so thankful. We are, 
very spoiled here in America that we don't, we're not getting some kind of alarm that we need to run to a bomb shelter and have 30 seconds to get there or 45 seconds to get there, that we're able to meet freely without the persecution and, and the things that you guys suffer. And we don't really know what that's like, but, but I can appreciate all that you guys are doing and all your children are doing to, to hold the line, as you say, and, and stand strong and not being ashamed of the gospel, even when it's unpopular, even when it has an impact in their relationships with friends and being ostracized and things like that. Um, kid, so you, you're saying that your in-laws started with a handful. What would you estimate the number to be now? You mentioned uh, like, uh, you know, a tenths of a percent, but what does that look like in relation to the number of, of people living in Israel Sure. and versus, uh, and maybe you might want to talk about even Messianic Jews, uh, define that a little bit. Okay. Uh, some people may not know exactly what that means. Well, every year during our um, Independence Independence Day celebrations, uh, there's a marquee that is showing the number of um, the current population in Israel. And I think we just hit about 9.7 or close to 10 million total in the population. So that put Israel out of the range of very small countries into a small to medium-sized country. Okay. So we just, which was news to me too, I didn't realize, okay, great. So we're, so we're still the size of New Jersey, roughly, uh, the entire country, but the population has grown to almost 10 million. And that means there's about, out of 10 million, I think it was close to about 7 million Jewish people, maybe a little bit more than that. Okay. So uh, out of that number of Jews, Messianic Jew is just a phrase. A lot of people like to use the, a lot of the younger generation likes Israeli believer or Israeli, um, you know, believer in Yeshua. But the Israeli believer in Yeshua, um, just the phrase was coined Messianic Jew years ago because uh, Jewish people don't feel, it's just about terminology matters a lot to the, to the to Israelis and Jewish people, but yeah. uh, the term Christ Christian over the centuries has just meant somebody who's not Jewish, among other things. It's just kind of how it's just evolved, even though the first people that were, Jew were Christians were Jews, so that's a whole other thing. But it's really the Hebraicized version of that, which would be Messianic. So a Jewish person in Hebrew is Messianic. That's the same kind of thing as a Gentile Christian. It's just uh, cultural difference. That's all it is. But we're believing in the same Savior, the same God. Uh, everything is the same in that regard. And in terms of numbers, probably about 10 to, well, some people say 20 to 30,000, and maybe that's more accurate. 20 to 30,000 believers in the, in the entire land. So that's, that's quite a big jump from a handful or two oh, handfuls. Yeah. Yeah. And even when I moved there almost 25 years ago, there was, it, you're talking about single digits of, and somebody, I was told by a guy, he said, look, if you look at the entire nation right now, you're in your 20s, so somebody your age that can preach a simple gospel message in Hebrew, you're probably talking about maybe a few dozen, maybe a dozen, maybe more. Wow. And that really shocked me about the importance for, first to learn Hebrew, which for many years, being I'm from the south, I spoke Subaru, and it's uh, southern, southern Hebrew, 
And then my wife was like, no, that's not kuh, that's huh. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I had a really great teacher at home that, yeah. that was very gentle and kind the whole way. But, um, you know, learn Hebrew, you know, or, or face the wrath uh, when I got home. So, but it just was, okay, wow, we really got to share. Because a lot of Israelis do speak English, a lot, many, most of them don't. But then when you're trying to reach them in their heart language, you have to move. We'll do that a lot. We'll be speaking. They'll try to practice their English. And then they'll say, no, 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 let's, now let's shift to Hebrew because this is an important conversation. And they need to hear it in their mother tongue. And so to go from, and I remember the first youth conference we held on the Sea of Galilee, we had 120 youth. And I thought, ooh, this is a nice number, 120 upper room, and I'm thinking mm. something's going to happen, and there was a powerful movement that happened that year that was in the year 2000, and then we just began to see the body kind of grow and slowly grow, but I say over the last five to ten years, we've seen a, a, just a jump in growth, and I think 75% or more, so this, I want you to hear this number, 75% or more of all the believers in Israel have come to faith in the last five to 10 years. Wow. Wow. So we've got a baby body, and it's a little messy. <laughs> if you were to have 20,000 babies all of a sudden born, you know, overnight, you're going to need a lot of diapers. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to need a lot of people helping. And so you can pray for us because the heart, we need harvesters. We finally do have more working in the harvest than we had before. Uh, but um, it's a baby body. People always ask me, and some of them are dealing with, like you mentioned, sharing with people. They're like, well, we're liberal. And you're like, but, you know, well, Jesus, then he loves you too. You yeah, know? Right. So, so what, you know, <laughs> yeah. come on. And so some of these people are, I mean, they're struggling with basic things. Like, why is abortion wrong? And why is this wrong? And they need to be taught and trained and discipled. So we're learning some of these good old-fashioned words like perseverance, endurance, long-suffering. And, <laughs> and just so you know, in Hebrew, long-suffering literally means you're going to suffer for a long time. So some of, you mentioned some of, the, some of the nuances in Hebrew. It, that one's the same. Yeah, right. Long-suffering. So we're learning that you know, discipleship is it's a real thing. And, and it takes a lot of effort, and it takes uh, mom, being a mom and pop. I think everywhere, everywhere in the world, people are looking for that influence, you know. Yeah. And to, to just, we've got a lot of teachers. What we need are mothers and fathers and spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers. And people are hungry, I think, all over the world for what we have mm -hmm. to offer in the good news. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, one of the differences between the Western church and, and what's going on in Israel is that you have a, I mean, we have churches that have more than 20,000 people attend a week. And so when you, when you think about the, the commitment to the Lord in America, for instance, versus Israel, I think there's probably a big difference there because one, you have to be serious about your relationship where here in America, I think there are a lot of I don't know, maybe carnal Christians, they Christian by name, but are they really committed to Yeshua? Are they really committed to the Lord? And I think maybe the difference there is there's such a small segment of the population, but those people are really firmly committed, not in religion like the Orthodox, but in relationship.
And uh, that, yes. that's, that's what I'm sensing. And, and that's my heart is that, you know, our mission is to see people come into a personal, intimate relationship with Christ. Not just, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't live it. We have a phrase here that we've actually trademarked. And you guys know what it is. We go out and live it. And that means let's live what we say we believe or shut up because nobody wants to hear it. They want to see it in action. Do uh, right. you have any thoughts regarding uh, the, the commitment there? You, you just talked t- a little bit about your prayer team, so we're getting up at 5 o'clock I'll, in the morning. T- I'll, I'll share a little bit about that, but also share uh, the Orthodox Jewish people. They're, they're, they're all in. You know, I think you meet a lot of radical Muslims. I mean, they're all in, you know. Yeah. They're praying towards Mecca and... Uh, in Israel, you see it. Where you, they're driving in their car. They'll pull off on the side of the road, roll out a carpet that they keep in their trunk or somewhere. I mean, there's people passing by. I think, this is dangerous. <laughs> they're in the side of the road praying, you know, to Allah. And you see the Orthodox Jewish people do it during their time of prayer. They'll pull off on the side of the road. Oh, you know, I didn't time it. They're in, stuck in traffic. But well, they're going to get out and pray. Put their, their prayer shawl on and do, you know, the things they do. And so religion, people that are trapped in religion are often very committed, you know. Yeah. But we can be committed too. Yeah. You know, and, and it's more fun for us because how many of you are filled with the Spirit? Amen. And you have the Scriptures and, and you love, we're doing it out of a love, I've really never heard, there's always exceptions, but I never really hear a lot from the Muslims or the, uh, or the Orthodox Jews about love. Yeah. Just how much they love the Lord yeah. and how much they do what they do out of love. You know, there's loving devotion. And yeah. I think that that's what we're beginning to see from believers when you are immersed, when you're baptized in Israel, because, you know, baptism is an Jew, ancient Jewish tradition that existed around the time of Moses that came out of that, of being immersed. Um, women went through um, ritualistic immersion, men, when they were unclean. So it's a, it's a tradition that's existed for thousands of years. And a Jewish person knows when you're immersed or baptized what it means. Mm-hmm. And when we say, okay, we're going to baptize you into in Yeshua, into this faith, it, it can often mean that they are rejected by their entire family. And I've had a friend that said his father sat Shiva. Some of you know what Shiva is. It's the process of where you sit seven days and mourn over somebody who's died. Mm. And so you hear the phrase, oh, you're dead to me. But they mm. take it seriously. And they, as a family, said, you know, Shlomi's dead to us. He's become a Christian. He's not a believer anymore. He's a, he's a traitor to our tradition. He's a traitor to Moses and Abraham. I mean, they take it wow. kind of pretty far. <laughs> and th- that story is kind of funny because it ended with the grandmother saying, you know, to the, to the father, Menachem. He said, Menachem, like, knock it off. Quit taking this so seriously. Like, he's not dead. And then he called him, okay, you can come home for, for a meal, you know. But it was just like, she was like, knock it off. Like, you're being so dramatic, okay? <laughs> he's not dead to you. Like, okay, you're not happy with it. So the grandma came in. And she was not a believer, but she came and kind of like slapped the family and said, get over it. Yeah. But that doesn't always happen. Yeah. And I had one guy who was sleeping in his car for a month, and he called me and said, hey, do you have somewhere I can stay? I'm, I got kicked out of my family. He was in his early 20s. He just got out of the army and had this radical experience with the Lord. So 
there is a price to pay to be a believer in Israel. And I think that that means that the body is committed. And you said something committed to one another. That's what I see in Israel. I think maybe on a, in a special way uh, in Israel that I'm not seeing around the world. I think especially with the younger generation. They've realized we need to be a part of each other. There's citywide youth groups happening all over Jerusalem that are very infectious to see. Yeah, they go to their own specific congregations and they're very committed to those, but it's more, they see themselves beyond the denominational or the four walls of a, of a church. Yeah. This, God is giving this younger generation a revelation that they're part of a body. And even more than our generation, it's something very amazing. And, I th and we're seeing younger, believer, younger people become believers because of this revelation of we're one body. And I believe that that, as much as anything else, and the supernatural moving of the Spirit, yeah. every Jewish person I know that came to the Lord was, felt something. They got zapped by the power of God. They had some kind of supernatural experience. And they're coming. My daughter's a part of this house of prayer and all kinds of prayer things and worship things that are happening. And people that come, many of them are not believers. Yeah. And they, I said, why, are, why do they come? They'll come and sit for two, three hours at these prayer watches. And you ask the young people, and they say, I don't know. It just feels so much better than being at home and hearing my parents fight or being in the streets or being, they're not even sure yet about the message, but they feel something. And, and we're seeing people being drawn in and there's a new wave. And I believe with all my heart, we're kind of in the beginnings. And I say the very beginnings of a, of a, of a you said Jesus revival, of a Yeshua revolution in the land of Israel. Yeah. I believe we're about to see in the next three to four or five years, the numbers go from, I think we'll get to that 1%. Wow. And I know that 1% doesn't sound like much, but when we start having 1%, then 10% of a population, things begin to change big time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, did you have another video? or is, is there I do any? want to show you guys something. If, um, if Can we come out here? I want you to see it. Really sure. important. You see it. Christine, can you come here too? So, you guys both come here for a second. I'm sorry if I'm in the shot. I don't know where we're supposed to be for the camera. Are we okay here? Are we okay? He's having to make quick adjustments. So, you guys came. So, I, I, I love that you came because sometimes people say, are they really doing something there? You know? Hmm. So, a lot of people raise money and they're just like, you know, they're yeah. on the field and you got to meet our team. You got to see what we're doing there. And half our team wasn't even there when you came. But you made a, you made a comment, okay? And I did not forget it. And we have uh, something special to kind of present to you both. It's just a small thing, but hopefully it will mean something big. Because it does for us. And it's a... Just a token um, of showing, I've said it several times already, you guys are really making an impact on Israel. Well beyond your numbers in a seat. And God really takes note of that. Okay, and so we did something really small as kind of like um, a memento to help you guys 
remember this, so okay. roll it. That's me. I'm very, very still in this shot. I think she already remembers what she told Shalom, told. shalom from Jerusalem, Israel. I'm Kobe Ferguson, leader of Maos Israel Ministries. You guys are familiar with us, and I want to show you something that we have here, our wall of honor, something we've had for many, many years. And I'm honored and blessed and privileged to show you right now a new addition our Friends of Life Fellowship, you'll be honored to see Mark and Christine Johnson here. This is how you say your name and spell your name in Hebrew, if you wanted to know. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. You are on our wall of honor now, forever, until the Lord comes back. Thank you so much for everything you've done to help Maoz Israel, to help bless Israelis, to help further the gospel here in the land of Israel. You're on our wall. We remember you and the Lord pays attention and will bless you for what you're doing to help us. Thank you. 